There were many, many years of triathlon where I would be calm on the swim. I wouldn't have a panic attack, but the panic attack was like still right there, you know? And I'd be like, okay, I'm long, I'm strong, I'm fine right now, I'm safe, you know? And there's just none of that anymore, which felt good to swim hard and just know that that panicky part of me just, man, I've just noticed this in the last few years. It's just not, she's not there anymore because she realized she doesn't have to be that way anymore. It's like fight or flight. It's like we're, we're going to drown or we're going to get to the other side of the pool. And it's a decision. And if we can just literally like stand up in the pool, if you're pool, like that will bring you calm. So get calm first and get a lot of touches in the water. Shout out to calm. Um, Shout out to calm. It's more than an app. <laughs> it's a superpower in so it is. much, you it know. Is. If you like, can find calm, woof. yeah. If you can find calm, you're invincible. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm here with BJ, and this is our October O Show. Psyched you guys are here with us. We are actually coming off a race. We did a local race down in San Diego today that we're going to smack down as we rediscover that racing triathlon and being a triathlete has very little to do with a certain distance that you have to do on race day. And today was just a great reminder of the power of community, um, local racing, supporting local businesses, and just being out there and seeing faces that, you know, you don't always see when we're traveling to different uh, states and things like that for races. Yeah. And I think uh, just being on that course, like being on a course that if you look back we were, I think, I think it was 2014 or 15 where the WTC had their race there. And we were like one year off from it because we moved out here in 2016. But to see them run along the boardwalk there with the sand on one side and then people like out on their little patios, literally like right there as, people, as the athletes are running by. And I always wondered where that section was. I've never been there. I've never been around that. So yeah, that was that was super fun today. I know, I know we'll talk more about yeah, it. Yeah, I want to dive in because I was I was definitely channeling those WTS uh, athletes as I was running along there. It was it was really fun, really really good day. Uh, but before we jump in, I just want to take this opportunity to quickly drop in on the Patagonia Yoga Adventure, which is March second through the 9th, twenty twenty four. We have two spots left, and. Something I haven't shared before is just this unseen Patagonia where we are going. I guess everybody goes to Torres del Paine, um, and this is something ridiculously different. So we're going to hike and raft and ride and ground all of this adventure in yoga every day, and we're going to do it all without running into other Taurus. And that's a huge plus, especially for those of you, you trail runners, you adventurers that just love being out there on the uh, trail by yourself. We have a nice intimate group that is going down there and we'd love to have you two spots left. That's it. Um, you know, plus the amazingness of the Futulufu River, which uh, just Google it. It's incredible. There's cliffs that are thousands of feet above us as we're going to be kayaking and supping and rafting down this amazing river. So, the other piece that I wanted to mention, and then we're going to get back really to the show, is that this area relies heavily on a very small window of tourist dollars. And so when you come on this trip, you know that your me- your money is benefiting the locals that we're meeting. And this truly is the unseen Patagonia, and it's also the prime window for us to experience just the absolute magnificence of this area and support these locals as well without feeding into a really big touristy system. So I just wanted to drop that out there, awakeathlete.com, go to retreats and you can get all the information about throwing down your deposit. You can pay as you go. You get this incredible travel app that just counts down the days uh, until we leave. So it's a really great organization. I'm partnering directly with the Travel Yogi. This is adventure travel grounded in a daily yoga practice led by me. The retreat is led by me. And um, yeah, I can't wait for this group uh, to finalize, get these last two spots uh, and uh, and get down to Patagonia, Chile in March. 
for an otherworldly experience. 2024 is looking big. Big. <laughs> Speaking of big, big, you want to dive into yesterday, which was the Ironman World Championship in Kailua-Kona, Hawaii. It was the women's only event, historic event. Um, Yeah, and it was pretty historic. I mean, yeah, like, why don't you just dive in? Yeah, I mean, the lead up. And how we played that into our preparation for our big day today. Yeah, back to back, (laughs) two iconic races. Seriously. In locations that have um, been the... um, been the roots of this sport. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that's amazing. Yeah, the birthplace of triathlon down in Mission Bay today, and then the Ironman World Championship on the Big Island. Yeah. Iconic. Super cool. Super cool. And Yogi Triathlete was in both, dipping their toes in both arenas. Yeah, the race yesterday was really, I mean, I was excited for it. Super excited. I had been watching a lot of the hype, you know, the pre race stuff and the interviews and. Uh, was getting excited for it. And of course, everyone's got their picks and favorites, but I did the whole thing about racing is you just, you just don't know until you actually get out there and, and race. And now that I've, well, we both have been to the Island and we've seen the course and we see the areas. It's the familiarization of it is pretty cool. Knowing where they are, how far they have to go. Um, the preparation of walking down in the morning, like we're, we kind of have our feel for, the layout of the of the area, but it was um it was like so fast to start like the swim there was no like easing into it. Lucy just blasted off the front. That was that was pretty incredible. And to watch her swim, they had a nice close up of the of her swim stroke off alone with nobody even in her uh, trail uh, behind her. It was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, she led it the entire race. She took off from the front of the swim pack, put down a pace that, uh, did she get a swim record? No. No. She wow. has the swim record. Oh, she <laughs> but she didn't break it. I mean, it was just incredible, but I wanted to ask your perspective. So Lucy Charles Barkley led the race wire to wire, um, absolutely just had her day after four times coming in second place at this world championship event. But we know that she has been swimming so much. So swimming is her strength. And you were telling me before the race, she was putting in 50K weeks in the pool. So as someone who was definitely going to win, because you can't get second that many times and not want the win every time you go, what do you think was a strategy or a reason why she took her strength and made it even even stronger with all that volume in the pool. Oh, making her more durable for the other two sports, uh, the bike and the run, you know, being able to just hammer the swim and make the other athletes work probably out of their comfort zone didn't affect her at all. She was just going through what she's been doing, which is that 50 K just really dialed into the swim. And so when she got out there, she really wasn't that taxed from the swim. And I'm, totally just giving my own opinion. I don't know, Lucy, I didn't talk to her and get a recap of what her swim was like. But yeah, I feel like she made her strength even stronger. And that's a really important, um, that's a really important thing to do in, in, or conversation to have in coaching uh, as an athlete, like making your strength. We all focus on the weaknesses. And of course, we don't want to shy away from them. We want to continue to work at them, but continue to make your strength a strength. It's a confidence builder. And when you're confident in one thing, you, you're, you're really dialed in there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work its way into the other things that are, are, are your works in progress. So I think that's what she did. She just did a flip and just really hammered the, the swim, a strong bike, and then just was able to hold on, hold on in the run. But it starts with that swim fitness. It really is a powerful uh, tool to have. And somebody who's, you know, wanting to get into triathlon or wanting to go bigger into their first Ironman or something like that, but um, swimming is not their strength. I think it really speaks to the importance of getting to the pool because I think we underestimate the 
how much energy is being expended during that swim if you're not properly trained for it. But the other pieces train the body, but also train the mind. Just the unnecessary energy expenditure of the nerves, um, the inability to you know feel like your lungs are open, um, picking up all the energy of the people around you. I think it really speaks to that too, that you want to get out of that swim with the least amount of deficit in your energy bank, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And if if you're not swimming, let's take that athlete and they're not they're not swimming, but they show up on race day and they expect to perform really, really well on the bike and run, it, there's going to be a tax associated with it from that swim. And I loved, loved your point, the, the mental side of things. So Lucy had no one to, um, no people to actually like side around or move around. She just basically went from buoy to buoy uh, to the boat to turn and then back into the pier and really had just clear water, like just clear water. And so she didn't have the mental fatigue of having to make decisions. She could just find a flow. And we all know this. We all have gotten into flow at some point in our lives in something, whether that's swimming or work or uh, walking or reading, just some sort of like full focus. And that's all she had to tend with. And it's probably what she experienced when she was in the pool, just swimming back and forth, constantly layering the the mindset strength to just repeatedly do stroke after stroke after stroke. Uh, phenomenal performance on the swim and nobody could hang with her. Nobody. I think she was 90 seconds up on them out of transition or out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. And experience does bring confidence. It really does. Experience brings confidence. So the more touches in the pool, I know you talk a lot about that, the touches in the pool. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what distance you're doing you know, obviously if you're going longer, you really want to be super swim fit. So, you know, you're not t- taking such a bang to the the energy bank, but also if you're doing a shorter distance and you've got some concerns about it, um, you're anxious about it, you know, you, you haven't had those touches in the water in the past and you want to shift that up for this coming season, I would say start those touches today. Yeah, more touches. I, I just am thinking back to just recently working with two new athletes who are just starting to swim. And already because they've embraced the the concept of more frequent swims, even if it's not an hour, like if you can get 20 to 30 minutes three or four times a week from going from zero to that is amazing. The touches in the water and, and the feedback is it just, they feel the water better. They're feeling more calm. And if you can be more calm and be confident that you're going to have that next breath, then you can start to work on other things like form and technique and intensity. But you first got to get calm. What really rattles us is that uncontrollable anxiousness. And we just don't know what to do except it's like fight or fight. It's like we're, we're going to drown or we're going to get to the other side of the pool. And it's a decision. And if we can just literally like stand up in the pool if you pull like that will bring you calm so get calm first and get a lot of touches in the water yeah an athlete that I work with she's an elite age grouper she did Kona yesterday had an incredible incredible race um I think it was like 40 minutes faster than her previous time but she sent me a text today about how and I think I can't remember exactly what it said but the I do remember this exactly it said and I felt so calm all day oh my god what a big difference this makes in racing and what she's referring to is is meditation and so here's someone who is already performing at the top of their tier so you would think well what does she have to work on but she dove into the mindset piece and she's been meditating and in fact we had her do a very long meditation uh, as soon as she arrived to Kona and it was a, such a game changer not that she was struggling but it absolutely elevated her to this new experience of race week on the big island so very similar to, you know, already is a strength as a triathlete as a whole, and then just took that to the next level and took 40 minutes off a big island performance, which I think is pretty That's incredible. So it. congratulations to you. <laughs> know who I'm talking about if you're listening. Um, all right, cool. So uh, what else about yesterday's race? The bike, the run, any? Yeah, the bike wasn't as, uh, it was kind of like, 
status quo. I mean, everybody kept spaces except for that Els Visser, who I think she passed 10 people at one point. I, you can't slot in, 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 in the chain of riders that are going down the Queen K. Like it, it would be a obstruction, I think. And it's also, uh, I think it's a penalty because they're keeping all 20 meters apart. So if you slide in there, then obviously you're not 20 meters. So if you're going to make a pass, you got to get past all those cyclists. And she, she did it. I don't know how, but well, you know her. She's got a crazy. She's got an insane story. Number one, she's a physician, but she was shipwrecked, and she had to like jump in the ocean and like swim to shore, and not knowing like how far shore was. She had a crazy experience, um, and um, so I would think that anything is like ten people. Like that's way better than you know having to swim to shore. But yeah, it's an insane story. She's somebody on my list to get her on get her on the show uh, also has incredible energy and she's very passionate so she's really I was psyched to, that she got some coverage yesterday we got to uh, we get to watch that and then uh, what Taylor Nib yeah Taylor we Nib. just had on Aaron and Lawrence mm-hmm. who work with her yeah she is I think she had a bit of a baptism yesterday and she is incredibly tough to stay the course. I think, I think she, we, I don't, I haven't seen if she's put anything out yet, but I think that she was, she was hot. That's, that's all I can say. Like she just looked to me like she was really hot and she was incredible. Just incredible. Um, Annie Haug was the Patrick Langa of the 2023 women's race. It's new Her, run course record. She's unreal. She is this little, package of speed and power and like Lawrence had described Cassandra Bogrand's running style when we did that podcast with him and Aaron like it's just it's not busy she's not busy her head's not bobbing around she just like puts in a gear and goes she looks incredible I love watching her run yeah I love Lucy looked great running we we both said that uh but I think uh, another thing that was was really cool were 50% of the top 10 were Americans. Um, Pretty amazing. Like, that's a strong statement. 50%. So we had Taylor Nibb. We had um, uh, Sarah True. We had Sky Monch. We had, who else? Chelsea. Yes, Chelsea Sodaro. And Jocelyn. And Jocelyn McCauley. Who haven't we had on the show? Taylor Taylor. And Sarah True. And Sarah True. Okay, we're coming for you. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, yeah, great day yesterday. And it played really well into our race today. Well, I just want to say yeah. we had Karen there. Oh, yeah, uh, please. Yeah. Of course. Like, amazing, amazing to have an athlete there racing. I so wanted to be there. I, we both wanted to be there. Um, but for someone who, you know, I've been working with for many years, uh, having a dream of getting there. And then, you know, this year, not really knowing what was in store, kind of not really feeling anything, um, which was actually the gold in all of this because the space was open for her to accept her slot to go to Kona uh, this fall. And it also aligned with um, another big dream that her partner has of doing this amazing trip a week before Kona. So... Uh, together, um, they just experienced big dreams in their life. And I love to see people achieve that. And sometimes it's planned and sometimes it's unexpected. And you just kind of go with the flow, the, just the ebbs and flows and, and keep moving forward. And what you truly desire will be like served up. And that just really fired me up yesterday, seeing her there and Wendy was sending us photos, so we got to see her in videos, so we got to see on the ground. Uh, Deep Thea was there. She was a catcher and was able to catch Karen. She's another uh, athlete, athlete coached under um, Melissa. Melissa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and all night checking the phone. You know, I have a race, we had a race today and I kept like waking up and I'm like, where's she now? Where's she now? And uh, yeah, that was, it was truly special. And Karen's just a remarkable uh, remarkable, tenacious, determined 
uh, athlete of ours. Um, and this is just icing on the cake for her. This is truly remarkable effort uh, and on, on a, in a remarkable uh, event, like the pinnacle, most grueling event in our sport. Well, she wanted to go, right? She's had this on her mind for a while now. And every time she shows up for an Ironman, she's going for that Kona spot. And then this year, you guys didn't really have anything. And she said, well, I don't really have anything. So I'm going to plan a trip to go to Kona to spectate, you know, knowing that the whole time what's happening is that she's setting up her lodging for her own race. It's just incredible when you act as if, and this is not fake it if you make it, this is act as if. It's like act as if your dreams are here now and um, you can... I'm sure look around your life at things that you're grateful for. And when you think about having a dream come to realization, aren't you so grateful for that? For So even moving yourself into that gratitude mode each day, even if it's just a thought or a journal entry or a conversation with somebody or realizing that the sky is, you know, still up and the ground is still down and everything's being held together by gravity pretty well that we put ourselves in this receiving mode. So it's a congratulations to her for acting as if and allowing that dream to just stream in for her. It's just, it's beautiful. And then the two of them and yeah, they had pretty amazing trips in the last month and just so, man, that just jazzes me up when I see people succeed, when I see others realize dreams, whether they're on the team or not on the team. Of course, when they're a Yogi Charlie athlete, it just like, selfishly, it's like, it's like you're realizing a dream as well. And, um, yeah, really cool. Congratulations, Karen. So, so impressed. Um, the only thing I'm not impressed is if she didn't get her acai bowl until like the day before the race, oh, she was there she a few didn't. days before. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously she wasn't going, time. obviously she wasn't <laughs> going to break your record from 2022, which was what? 17 acai bowls. Yes, but that was two weeks. We were in Maui and in, in Kona. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of smoothie, a lot of acai bowls. <laughs> All right, Mission Bay, triathlon. Let's reel it back into just down the street, 30 miles down the street to Mission Bay. Uh, jumped into this late. We both um, just felt compelled to do a, a local race. You had a little bit more after you got a taste at Malibu for the sprint distance and I was kind of indecisive as to what was next for me, but jumped into the international distance. And we had Ryan there on the team who has, this is his first season doing triathlon. So he stepped up and did Oceanside 70.3 as his first triathlon. And then he uh, continued to do the series, the mission, uh, the, um, I don't know what the series is called, San Diego Tri-Series. San Diego Tri-Series, yeah. Yep. And he uh, finished up here in, in Mission Bay with us today. And then we had Luca our 11-year-old athlete doing the mini try today. And he just, he just is so gets so excited. I love when Wendy, his mom, posts the videos and it always starts off. He's just at the start line and you just see him like the excitement just building and building and building. And he, his excitement for the sport really reminds me, I won't speak for you, but reminds me like why we're in this sport why we're here to have fun and get excited and see what's possible and detach from the outcome of the race because there's plenty more ahead for us to uh, jump into. Uh, so he plants that seed for me. He did wait so so well. He uh, sixth in his age group. Yeah, I, th- I want to say he took off. He took off some time. Like he had a better yeah. better time than last year. So we'll have to break down his stats because that boy knows loves, his numbers. That boy loves stats. <clears throat> so we'll be sure to break down those stats. But we had a great training session with Luca Thursday before the race. We went out to his house. We rode our bikes to the um, to the pool. BJ was like riding his uh, speed max. Canyon Speedmax tri-bike on like a dirt trail <laughs> with like divots. That was awesome. And we rode to his pool. We did a little swim workout and then we all rode home. It was it was great and learned how to switch and had a uh, shift and shift gears. Yeah. Had a couple like just like mini maybe on the verge breakdowns. Um, so it took like four times as long to get back, but it's good. It's good for us. We get our fix and uh, man, we get to coach this incredible athlete. He really is. The boy is fast. 
He is fast. Fast and furious. All right, so how's your race go? Let us know. Yeah, it went really well. The first thing I want to say is that, you know, something I've always, maybe because we started with shorter distance, but like pre-race is pre-race for me. And I think like it's, my pre-race isn't any less because I'm doing a sprint, which I was so excited about. I was like, oh my God, I have to do like one loop here. And then like, I only have to do one loop for the bike course and one loop for the run course. It's amazing. Notice, knowing that it would be like full gas the whole time, but having that taste coming off of Malibu and getting second place in my age group, I really wanted to get first place before the close of the season. And, um, so and having that burn already and being like, oh, it was actually pretty enjoyable to go out there and just, you know, hammer. So I jumped into the sprint. But I, you know, pre-race is pre-race. So I wanted to set myself up the the best as possible. So we did some, you know, quality little workouts during the week. And then um, food-wise, I prepared like I would be preparing for a half Ironman. I, you know, had my white rice and avocado and we had pancakes and had the pre-race meal this morning, which is applesauce, scoop of protein powder and a banana. And it was probably a little bit less applesauce, probably a lot less applesauce than I have for, you know, a longer distance race. But it's like, why not set yourself up for the best success? And I know that that works. And I didn't want to treat this race as anything less than because, yeah, because I don't know, I wanted to win and I didn't want to not win because... My belly was all upset that I didn't fuel right or I didn't prepare right. So how did your how did you take so your pre race? What? Oh, pre race, same way, same way. I think we didn't do lunch on Friday. We no, started we just started it the day before. Saturday morning we yeah. did. Uh, well, Friday night we had pasta with veggies, but Saturday morning was pancakes. Well, we basically was, just ate all day and watched the world championship. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> carbs all day. Every day. Uh, Yeah, I I took it pretty basic. I didn't fuel a ton during the race, though. You know, I didn't feel I was necessary. You know, I'm usually doing five to 12-hour races, and this was under two hours, which kind of felt cool. I find it felt good to just, like, just work on focus and power. Yeah. Yeah. It was super fun to, like, be like, okay, I've got my one water bottle Like I don't have all these like morning clothes bags and all this fanfare. It was really fun. So great reminder of local races are are so great. My race went really well. Um, I was just feeling a lot of joy in the days leading up to it. I was excited to race. I wanted to race hard. And, um, and so I did, I went as hard as I could. Um, the swim was great because it was a running start. So that was exciting. I got to run and I watched, I was watching all the waves before, like, okay, what's the best angle? And it was super shallow. So, you know, how can you, you don't want to get stuck trudging through the water. You want to be able to dive in and start swimming hard. And so in order to do that, you had, I had, you had to be up front to get that clear water. So I did that. I got right up front and, uh, was the first one in the water, dove in the water, swam super hard, there was like, I think three girls that went ahead of me and then, um, I caught them. And then there was just one girl ahead of me that was just, you know, no wetsuit, just a swimmer. And, uh, I kept her in my sights so I could see her red cap. So I think I was second out of the water and then just felt so good because it was like a 500 meter swim. So I came out of the water, just like sprinting and passed a bunch of people just coming out of the water, got on the bike, Um, and then just went like, it was just went as hard as I could. We had, uh, up over a bridge. I just got out of the saddle and I just hammered that as hard as I could and great, uh, loop around Fiesta Island and people, I I thought people were great. Like I didn't have any problems out there. had a lot of fun. I was cheering everybody on, uh, I, you know, admittedly, I definitely gave more shout outs to the women. Um, I don't know why I just noticed that I was like, you are not really giving too many shout outs to the guys, just like equal it out. And then, uh, got off the bike was just focused in my transitions. I don't know what my transition times are. They haven't been that great. Um, and the BJ shaking his head. No. Um, ever since I went for that transition competition back, I went for this transition competition back in the day and, uh, lost basically to a professional triathlete 
and then came in second. I think my transitions have just been terrible ever since. But I think today they're pretty good. Went out on the run and just ran, you know, as 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 fast as I could, which today was I think the av- an average like of around eight sixteen miles um, for the five k and. Two girls passed me on the run. Nobody passed me on the bike. I knew I was already second out of the swim. So I knew, and I knew I had come out before the woman who beat me on the swim. So I was pretty sure I was in the lead. And then I just raced like the second place was 10 seconds behind me. I kept thinking she's 10 seconds behind you. And I just, so that just kept me going. Like, can you push a little harder? Can you push a little harder? Can you go a little faster? Can you surge? Can you pick up your cadence and make that be faster? And didn't really, I didn't, not really, I didn't look at my watch at all on the run. I just went as hard as I could, relaxed into it, had Lawrence in my mind saying like, don't be busy. So I just relaxed and um, kept, I just kept thinking like, you know, lead, you're driving with your hips and shoulders right over your hips. So nice and tall and yeah, held that to the finish and ended up winning, winning the age group. I did pound down as much of a bottle as I could on the bike, which had Roctane in it. And cause I can handle fuel. So I, I didn't think that overfueling was going to be a problem. And then I had like maybe three quarters or half of a gel out of transition and ran ran with that basically until I found a trash can and then dumped that. They had given us like little water bottles because there wasn't really any water stations on the on the course, which is fine. And um, that was it. That was all I needed. I never thought about it again. And uh, yeah, finished hard. Just kept thinking like, can you go harder? Can you go faster? Can you relax more? Can you go harder? Can you go faster? She's 10 seconds behind you. Um, but she wasn't. But that was just what kept me going. So that's, I like that. Because if you look at the results, the person behind you was three minutes behind you, that next person. But you raced with the mentality that they're 10 seconds, so you're always pushing. You're always checking in. And that's something I I like to incorporate into plans is like always be surging. Always be like, are you going as fast as you can? Because then we'll settle into something that's comfortable. But if it's a race. And if you want to race, you got to always be checking in and saying... Am I racing as hard yeah, as I my, can? Yeah, and I wanted to race. And it reminded me, um, the 10K I did a couple, two years ago now at, um, at Daily Ranch. And um, I won that. I was first female. I think I was first female overall. Yeah, no, I think I was second. I don't know. Maybe I was first. Anyway, I could hear the second place girl behind me. And so it just, I kept thinking about that. I was thinking about that. Like, I was like, oh my God, like that day I could hear her. I could hear her like breathing. And it just, you just cannot let the gas off when you know, you can hear the girl that's about to take your place away behind you. So I just kept thinking about that. So thank you, whoever that girl was two years ago, because I was thinking she was, and I thought to myself, you can go even harder because you're not navigating a single track trail with rocks and ditches and things like that. So it's so fun. It's so fun to race out there. Just bummed I didn't get to see you, but you saw Ryan. Yeah, I saw Ryan when I was coming off Fiesta and he was going on to Fiesta for the second, for the second loop. And Fiesta Island's a super flat little island that, uh, will you tell, what do we, how do we use it for training? It's really the only flat on, um, California's not flat. No, California's (laughs) definitely not flat flat, uninterrupted stretch of road. And you can do circles counterclockwise on it of, I think it's like four miles, roughly. Could give or take. Uh, and there's got some wind on one side and the wind at your back, and you can just tuck into time trial position for the whole thing. Uh, it's actually where Ben Canute, in preparation for Roth, did a 112-mile bike out there. Oh, my God. All in time trial position. Just thinking it would be a great place to train for Cozumel. The half sure. or the full. Yeah, or Arizona. Yeah, but Cozumel's like, you're on one side of the island and then you to make the turn on the other side of the island, you get hit with the wind. And so just that's what I was thinking. The simulation is like really perfect. And I like riding- Oh my God, he did a bike right out there. I like riding Fiesta too, because I know, I like doing it in this race because I know the groove, I, like I know the areas in the pavement. I know where that bump is by the dog park. You'd go on the right side into the- the little uh, bike lane, there's like a little side lane and the, the hump isn't there. So there's little things that I loved. The corner, that turn you take as you open up and you see the uh, the water jumps. Uh, it's that hard turn to the left. Oh, yeah. After the dog park. You kind of go down a little bit Go down, bit there. yeah. Yes. So you can carry momentum in that where most people, it says slow down. But if you know <laughs> the turn, 
You don't need to But slow if it's down. race day, you don't need to no. slow down. No. Never slow down on race day. Um, yeah, it felt really good to swim hard like that. I think, I think I, according to my watch, it was a 10.52. I don't know what they, do they have my swim time? I guess they were missing my run time, right? Um, it just felt really good to swim really hard. And I think uh, just a shout out to Calm. You know, there were day, many, many years of triathlon where I would be calm on the swim. I wouldn't have a panic attack, but the panic attack was like still right there, you know? And I'd be like, okay, I'm long, I'm strong, I'm fine right now, I'm safe, you know? And there's just none of that anymore, which... 9.36. 9.36? Oh, yeah, because I started my watch a little bit faster. Oh, so that's great. So that's like... And you go by the timing. You don't go by your watch. Okay. You go by the so race. So nine thirty six. Does it say how long it was or what that mm-hmm. pace was? Uh, one fifty five per one hundred meters. One fifty five per one hundred, which is what in yards? Do the one conversion. Fo- one forty five. Oh really? I think it's ten seconds roughly. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it felt just- good to swim hard and just know that like that panicky part of me just. Man, I've just noticed this in the last few years. It's just not, she's not there anymore because she realized she doesn't have to be that way anymore. So that's been a really, shout out to Calm. Um, Shout out to Calm. It's more than an app. (laughs) It's a superpower in so much, you know? If you can find Calm, yeah, if you can find Calm, you're invincible. Totally. All right. How did your race go? Great race. Super stoked. Way to end the season on top. Um, didn't really train that much this week. Like I really felt I was just like keeping the motor running. I didn't really invest like a lot of time. I think we went to the pool twice. Uh, we didn't do that. Didn't have many touches. <laughs> yeah, many touches, no. <laughs> Which has kind of been the theme for the past two races. Even Santa Cruz, not many touches in the water, but quality. It was all about quality in the pool. So, And you're working through something in your shoulder. Yes. Right. Yeah. Otherwise. It's 5K at a time. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But it's it's good to step away from that and know that you can show up on race day and still, you know, do a perform well, perform strong. So yeah, nothing, nothing really different except for that fast start. Yeah. So tell me about the start. I seated myself right at the front and ran into the water. I started to swim way too early because my fingers touched the bottom. And mm-hmm. I look up and the guy's running <laughs> next to me. <laughs> but I didn't want to be the guy that was running. Like, I, I think it's faster to swim. It's much faster to swim, so yeah. So I got up and I did a dolphin dive and then I kept, I kept swimming. And then after about, I don't know, 20 or 30 strokes, I noticed that there were only two people ahead of me. And, and I was right online. I, I sight a, a lot in the first part of the swim. And for once I went super hard. And for once I only breathed to the left. Usually I'm going back and forth. Um, but I just stayed to the left and just said, I'm going to get to that first buoy. So I saw the orange buoy, which is, which is just for guidance. Got to get to the yellow buoy and that's where we turn. And then the sun was like right in your eyes. But yeah, I only had two people in front of me from what I saw, uh, from that first stretch and then carried that through, the swim just kept focused. Didn't really run into many people. Uh, navigated that pretty quick. I did go through these two yellow caps. They must have been before us. And they were swimming together. And I, I didn't want to go around them. And there was this little space in between them. And so I did like four power strokes right through the middle of them. <laughs> I didn't touch them. Right through the middle of them. and Because was, that was the line right to the buoy. And yeah, it was actually pretty chilly out at that. I'd say the second yellow buoy felt like the water got really cold, really cold. And then, yeah, swim was great. Came out of the water, felt accomplished. And uh, feet were a little bit cold on that rough pavement. That definitely uh, is going to leave a mark. And then got out on the bike. And we do two of the two laps of what the sprint is. So two laps on Fiesta. We leave Fiesta on the first lap, come back to the start, and then go back out again. And I just was like, left, left, left. I couldn't believe how many people I was passing. This is, it's been, I don't know how many years since I've done an Olympic or sprint distance race. 
Boulder, it was Boulder Peak. Boulder Peak 2018. 2018 or 2017? 2017 we got here. And then 2018 we thought it was a good idea to drive to Colorado to do the race. I went, because I did the Ironman in 2018 in Boulder and I don't remember going back that same year. Well, we'll have to check. Yeah, we'll check on that. Oh, 2017. Yeah, I think it was 2017. We got here in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's that? Six years since I've done an Olympic distance race. And before that, it's been even longer. So yeah, it was good to, to wind up, get out on the bike and pass people. And nobody passed me on the bike. I definitely surged past some people and, and held it. Uh, I was hammering out of the saddle up the hill. That was fun. And uh, came into transition and just kind of just, you know, well, back to the bike, I just sort of went as hard as I could. So I wasn't worrying about the, the run or run legs. I was just like, I'm just going to go hard. Got to the run and got out of there as quickly as possible. My feet were really wet. I remember them being really wet and <laughs> trying to put on the socks before the run was kind of challenging. But got that all dialed in and just started, just started getting after it on the run. And I was feeling really fast, really strong, passing people. And then this one guy, the Ferrari guy, Ferrari goes in the back of his jersey. <laughs> Came up, not a Ferrari car, just the words Ferrari. And he, he ran by me pretty strong. So I said, I'm going to stay with him as long as I could. So I did attach to his back for like 15, 20 seconds. And then he just was going a little too strong. And I was like, he's probably, you know. Gonna, he was doing the sprint, he? was doing he? the sprint. Well, we found out he was doing the sprint, but I thought he was the Olympic. Uh, but that's. That's doesn't matter. Like in that moment, like, oh, I should doesn't matter. I shouldn't run that fast because he's doing the sprint. Like, no, go, 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 go. Is that's a commitment I make to to myself. Like, if there's somebody passing, you hang on to them as long as you can, and then settle back in. At least it's like five seconds here, ten seconds there. It's a great. It's It's free time. time. It really is because you always have more. And you might surprise yourself. You may be able to hang on for a little bit longer. Yeah. Love the run course. Yeah. Got a little dizzy around mile one and a half, uh, so took a gel at that water aid station, and that sort of did that do it? Helped me out a bit, yeah, yeah. Until the end of the race, and it was a little bit more, a little weird. Uh, I don't know what that was. Maybe just low on fuel or water. I don't know. Um, but had fun. Kept a steady pace, and uh, ran. I think one, two, so, and then two people passed me. They were running together in the final half mile, uh, three quarters of a mile, they passed me. I tried to hang on to them and couldn't. And then took it home, finished strong. Really, really happy with the with the pacing. I was spot on by a second or two every mile. Finished really fast. I'm really happy with that. A 6.25 pace on that run, which is shy of a 10K. 625 per mile. So yeah, felt really good. And then the results come in, right? And then you get the information that uh, where you stand in, in the cycle. And I thought I had won the age group. It said first, we said, thought it was going to be a big burrito win. Yeah. Said I was eighth overall, first in my age group. And then we checked the results right before the awards and I had slipped to second in my age group and 10th overall. And the guy right before me, Beat me by five seconds. So he took first by five seconds. So I'm glad that you mentioned that you ran thinking someone's 10 seconds behind you. And then I just shared, I hugged, I caught onto those guys and got five or 10 seconds or 15 seconds faster. So always doing what you can, but it may not be enough. It just may, be, may not be enough. And for today, it wasn't. Five seconds. I missed five seconds somewhere. And then the mind's like, where did I lose five seconds? But I know in this race, I just went out and went as hard as I could for the entire race. So what's the use in rehashing five seconds? Uh, I think that's such a liberating, freeing experience when you can just quickly detach and let go. So it felt good to stand on the podium, second place. Uh, great, Great way to close out the season. Great, fun. Definitely, we need to do these races more. We need to do these local races we got to get down to San Diego. You agree? 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's keep building this uh, local team here in San Diego. We got some fun stuff up our sleeve that will uh, make the team even more accessible to everyone across the world, across the globe. So be on the lookout. We are working steadily over here to, uh, yeah, to get things really nice and organized and open and available for everyone. But it was incredible. So I'd love to go back down there next year with, you know, 10 of us. 20. And 20. Uh, and definitely, can I just say, best dressed. I mean, if we were doing we got, superlatives for the yearbook, it would be best dressed. We got a lot of compliments. I constantly These get compliments on are the kits. insane. So thank you, Zoot. Um, and Jennifer over at Jen yep. over at Zoot. And, Chris, and back to Kristen Mayer. Back to Kristen Mayer from Betty Designs, who did the first you know iteration of what we're in now. And then Zoot, uh, Jen over at Zoot did a iteration of it which Kristen loved which is just such a sign of an amazing person saying like great job you moved on from my design I love it it's beautiful and they're just so flattering so for the kit of lo- for the kit alone join your team yogi triathlon and speaking of this yeah. we'll be opening up the store here soon yeah so cool. probably by the time this podcast is already out yeah it was really really fun today and I just want to empower everyone you know Triathlon is, it's all, it's so many different distances. The sprint matters. The Ironmans matter. The extreme triathlons matter. And none of them are more than anything else in meaning, you know? And so never sell yourself short. I remember many, many years ago, I got rid of the just. It's just a 5K. It's just a sprint. No, it's not. Today was, today was incredible joy um, lots of sensation, discomfort that is over pretty soon. And if you can just relax into that, like it's so much fun. It wasn't just a sprint. Yeah. I was done quicker than if I did a longer distance race, but there was any, there was nothing less than about that experience, um, or the people around me. It was a real treat. So I'm grateful for the San Diego Tri-Series for putting, you know, putting this show on. And yeah, we'll definitely be back for more next year for sure. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, to get a little taste at the end of the season, you kind of like, one more, one more. But that was one more. Oh, you could do Indian Wells. I could, of course. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's uh, if you're done with that, I'm yeah. just going to tr- quickly touch upon off-season. Like, I'm going to take off-season now. And I made a decision to kind of be Can done. I do, uh, I want to do off season. Yeah. So I'm, gonna, I'm taking two weeks. All right. Me too. And uh, no structure training. Uh, probably won't do any swimming because I want to allow this shoulder to kind of really regroup. And, and that doesn't mean I'm not going to do anything. I'll be doing lots of yoga. Lots of yoga. Lots of mobility and uh, getting, preparing for a big, big t- t- 2024, which I have a big spring um, and tell us, summer. tell us where are you going to be? Tell us, tell us. So we'll be, well, first of all, we're going to have camp in January 12th through the 14th. So come on out for that because it is right in the smack damp middle of the Carlsbad marathon, half marathon and 5k. So camp is 12th through the 14th. That race is the 14th. So you can uh, jump into that, uh, while you're at camp, that would be kind of cool. Um, but, um, it's gonna be a nice little kickoff into 2024 and get, and get it ready for, for the season. Yeah. We have simplified, simplified the format. It's Friday to Sunday now, as opposed to Thursday to Monday. We've made it super affordable, $500 for team Yogi triathlete. That's not your deposit. That is the full payment for the camp. We've got a $700 price for anyone from the public that's not currently training on the team, but you want to come and be in Southern California in January in the sun, $700. And then a great deal off of that is if you join the Patreon community that helps to keep this podcast commercial free for as little as $5 a month, you get $100 off the camp. So $600 for a three-day camp, swim, bike, run. We've got one Yoga for Athletes class on the schedule. That's it. And then a massive blowout feast at the Plot Restaurant in South Oceanside, which is um, just a mind-blowing, zero-waste, incredible dining experience. So come on to camp January 12th to the 14th. You can get uh, all the information on yogitriathlete.com. 
post comment for this podcast and uh, yeah, get you signed up. Easy peasy. And everything on there, the swim, bike and run, everything is optional. Everything. So if you're like, I'm not, I'm a cyclist. I don't swim and I don't run. Well, come on out. We're going to do some cycling, but maybe you get curious about how our athletes are training at all three disciplines for with yoga to, uh, to build a, a invincible body, a durable body, one that can continue to progress in your cycling, but also maybe just balance out, uh, balance out the system with a little bit of, uh, movement that isn't so, um, ingrained in the body. Yeah. And if you're a runner, but you're curious about swimming, we talk a lot about swimming for runners. You don't have to be a triathlete to come out to camp, come on out and we'll, uh, we'll get you in the pool and we'll look at your stroke and help you out with a great cross training activity. And there'll always be a group B group, um, for every workout. No, no one gets left behind. So don't think that you're too fast or you're too slow to be a part of this incredible experience. So just act now, yogitriathlete.com. Go ahead, sign up and get out here for the 12th of January. You're not going to forget it, especially if you live somewhere where the polar vortex comes down somewhere around November. Yeah. Get out here. Uh, oh, so yeah. So the rest of the year, Oceanside 70.3 in April 6th, then Ironman Texas later that month. And then possibly Ironman 70.3 Massachusetts in early June, and then Ironman Lake Placid July, third week in July or fourth week in July. And then? And then Kona, because I'm going to qualify for Kona. Yes. We're going to go back, feeling the desire, feeling that hit. Wow, that's a lot of travel, dude. So that's just me. I know you've got all your yoga <laughs> I know, retreats, I'm going to so. be in Chile. I will well, I'll be in um, Temecula, California for the women's retreat in February. Then I've got Patagonia, Chile with two other amazing Yogi Triathlete podcast listeners that are going to sign up after they heard today. And then um, the Galapagos Islands in June. And I did promise to go to my godson's bar mitzvah in Ireland, which is going to be literally getting off the plane from Galapagos and going to Ireland. And then uh, Oregon, 70.3. Got a great crew of yogis, uh, yogi triathletes going to that race. You have a great crew of yogi triathletes going to Texas and Placid and growing for, uh, Massachusetts. for Massachusetts as well. And then, um, and then I'm free and clear for the rest of the year after July. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens from there. But before next year, this year, we're, <laughs> we're not doing any more racing, not doing any more racing, but we will be at 70.3 Arizona. We'll be at Ironman Arizona, or at least I've committed myself to be at Ironman Arizona. I have not committed myself to be at Ironman Arizona because I might want just time by myself here. So Clark and I will be at Ironman <gasps> Arizona. Boys trip. And then- You can take Clark if I We'll be <laughs> at uh, Indian Wells for sure. Yes. Um, so uh, all I, those- We got to go to Tanya's kitchen. Yeah. All those, <laughs> all those races, come say us. Um, reach out to us on social media. Like we'd love to meet you. We're going to have uh, coffee stops. We'll go- we'll, Post up at a coffee shop. Jess will have her books available for you to uh, for her to sign. You can buy them there. You can come chat with us. You can talk about anything, anything you want. Triathlon, non triathlon, life, um, what cereals we love. Um, not many because we don't eat much cereal. Uh, and just come, come and come and check us out. And maybe we'll do um, maybe we'll do this as we move forward in twenty twenty four at more races. Uh, have a yogi triathlete presence. Um, so reach out to us. And uh, we'd love to connect um, at those races. All right. I think that's it. Signing off. You guys, have, uh, have, an awesome, have an awesome day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Get over to Patreon. See how uh, you can help us keep this show going. And uh, lots of opportunity to be a part of the community. We love you so much. And we are so grateful. We couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. 